Hi, I'm Josh. I'm a recovering overthinker. This is the Lucky Work Podcast, and that is my pal, Derek Wheatley. Hello. Uh, today's episode is more about training your animal um, so you can live a better life, which is what we're always doing. That's our main goal. Can I just, sorry, I was supposed to... <laughs> Not... <laughs> I want to say rest in peace to Sinead O'Connor. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned this being about resilience. Mm. And I think uh, from my point of view, uh, she was an extremely resilient person who stood up against everyone. Even when people said, this is going to ruin your career. And she said, well, these are my beliefs. Mm. I'm going to stand up for it. So, yeah. She represented a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, housekeeping. Mm. Um, just to correct mistakes from the last episode. Um, I said BDNF alpha was a good chemical or a field of chemical, and it, it, it's oh. not. So I just wanted to correct that when I heard it. I was like, you dope. Hopefully nobody has become addicted to it. No, 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 no it's just it's um, a brain-derived nootrophic factor, and it's it's released um, during exercise, but that wasn't the point I was making. It was oh. endorphins I was talking about. Um, I just wanted to correct it and just call myself a dope. Yeah, it would. Um, I could have. There. <laughs> that's your favorite that's mm. time um so this is the feedback this Yay. is our favorite bit gather round children it's time to hear about how crap people think we are um we had another get it off and oh, yeah? get it off comment um they couldn't stand the first five minutes um now it was my mate's missus and her exact words were after left uh, probably less than five minutes were turning off um so uh, I, it's like we're like marmite we just nobody yeah. loves us part. You know what I mean? Uh, I be no. I think we do have two or three people that love us, but yeah, just like just your mum, I think, isn't it? And your wife, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she puts up with it. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also got feedback about swearing. Um, <laughs> about that, it's also yeah, it was so in episode five. I did. I mean, I I didn't notice it because no, I'm such it. a troglodyte. I didn't even notice that I was swearing more, but that uh, people were finding it quite jarring. And they're dead right. Um, so I, I was trying to come up with some excuses to mm. allow myself off the hook. Um, so it was a stressful couple of weeks leading up to the last recording. Now, the last mm. couple of weeks for this recording have been extra stressful, but I'm trying my best not to swear. Um, didn't do jujitsu the day before. Mm-hmm. That will have added to it. And maybe I'm just getting for, like comfortable. I didn't get in my manners. I didn't notice when we were doing it, right? But uh, when I listened back to it then, I noticed it. But I would say some of it was in the right places like you know mm. to make a point and sometimes that you know language yeah. makes the point better but um the person and we got two complaints but the person who said it to me wasn't like offended by it. it they just were it was like you're saying jaron they're just striking that it you weren't you didn't curse that much it's normally dist- it's distracting yeah and you don't in mm. like just out and about mm. curse that often i would mm. curse more than you on about do you think yeah i think so yeah I have a foul tongue. It's great. <laughs> uh, but I have seen the light. I've washed my mouth out with soap. I've been down to the river. I've gone to confession and I've asked the Lord for forgiveness. Um, but in all seriousness, I will eat humble pie because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want the swearing to get in the way. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it, it does. Because, I mean, if you listen to other podcasts <clears throat> and other content, when they swear, it is a bit like... Especially if it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, it won't stop completely. But isn't it weird, though? Because sometimes I don't listen to a podcast and sometimes it fits. Yeah. The ca- the character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but it won't stop because, yeah. like, I, I don't want it to be, I don't want this to be over polished. And I, it's it's got to keep that sort of raw kind of, mm. you know, dopey. 
element. But that's like now, like what maybe obviously before the fifth episode, you were doing it every so often and it yeah. wasn't a thing. You know, I didn't so. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know about you. I like being unpopular, so. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't say that. Sorry. Sorry, mother. Um, so in this episode, I'll, we'll, obviously in the first episode, way, way, what, five weeks ago, six <laughs> weeks ago, um, we looked at ways to meet the animal and get to know it. In this episode, we'll look at resilience, uh, trigger management and damage control. Um, we'll look at burnout and how to nurture the animal to avoid burnout mm-hmm. and triggers altogether. Because that, that's where we kind of want to get to, to live a good life where you're not even triggered anymore. Um, so I think resilience is a major, major key to living a good life. Um, and by resilience, I think it's important to define these phrases mm-hmm. because a lot of our discourse in general, people don't define what they mean by words. And it's really important because you can, a lot can be lost in a message when you haven't re- defined words. So I, I, we talked about it in, whatever episode it was, it's like that Bobo doll Mm -hmm. where it takes a hit and comes back. So it's the ability to bounce back from and absorb psychological knocks. So it's insults, disrespects, conflicts, shitty bits of luck while maintaining a positive outlook. So you can, you're not in denial that that the suffering and things are going badly and like, that was a bit shit. You're not denying it. You still keep a positive outlook Mm -hmm. because the balance is still right for you. It's still like, yeah, this sucks, but it's worth it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So that's what I mean by resilience. It's having that ability. Um, it's not about always being happy and, you know, all that stuff. It's about maintaining hope, I suppose, and yeah. being positive. Um, I think this resilience comes from a calm animal that's open to negotiation. Um, the human can make your decisions because the animal isn't interfering and trying to take over your decisions. So if your animal isn't in a good place, it will try and take over the decisions. It has all the, like a defiance. Um, how do you build resilience? Well, what do you think of that so far? Like, what are your views on resilience? Come to think of it, yeah, that's that's it's a weird word because I think like I don't know. I would. I don't think I would describe myself as resilient, but I think someone else would. And mm. it's like it, there's so many levels to it. Do you know what I mean? Because we were talking. I was talking to you earlier on today about like someone hanging off a bar and like this was like, you know what I mean? Like, was that kind of, there's a resilience and and strengthen it on, but then it was like, but do I need it for that? Yeah. I know you can, if you've got resilience for that and you can bring it into other parts of your life, but so resilience in a, in a way is, as kind of, as kind of a floaty word, like, um, Mm. like strength even. Yeah. Which is like, you know, that kind of difference in opinion and what, Strong and being, you know, yeah. strength is so. It's it's just one of those words. And look, we're going to get into it yeah. words anyway. So it's we'll we'll figure it out. But you, I, I think some people would describe you as resilient. And if I told you you were resilient, you'd, you'd tell me, you know, you weren't. So yeah, yeah. You know. uh, no, I I think I I I am relatively resilient. But mm. you know, it, it it's it's all it depends what you've been through, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think you build the resilience by nurturing the animal. This is almost like um, like I think a good way of looking at it is like a brake pad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want the brake pad to be really thick because if it's really thick, you can slow down and extend the gap between something happening and you reacting to it. Whereas if the brake pad is too thin, the animal will react quicker than you can stop it. Um, so we're trying to make those brake pads as thick as possible. That's mm-hmm. kind of a good way to look at resilience. You're trying to slow down or extend that gap. Um and the reason I think it's important is if you look at a, a big push from the likes of Goggins mm-hmm. and 
those sorts of scream at the camera, let's push hard kind of things is people need that to go and get motivated to get through a workout. <clears throat> and that's fine. Like you can, you can gut through a workout um, by just refusing to quit yeah. like stubbornly, but you cannot gut through a life. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it doesn't work like that. You're going to burn out. You're going to, it's just not going to work. If that's what you need is that gut through mentality. You can do that through hard times, but that's, you don't want to move through your entire life like mm-hmm. that. Um, so that's why I think this is so important to learn how to look after the animal and take, take it seriously instead of thinking it's just some silly thing. And yeah. I think that's our culture is we almost see anything as emotional or not rational. Mm. You're either in one camp or the other. You have to, you have to be a pure rationalist where it's all scientific and it had a materialistic approach to everything or your spiritual, religious, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. There's no, and it's like, what if both are legitimate in certain yeah. cases? So that that's the kind of argument I'm trying to make. Someone, someone asked me uh, the other day, you just mentioned spirituality. Uh, I, I was cycling down the road and, mm. and someone's like waved at me, you know, like to stop. And I was like, oh, this person must be like in trouble or whatever. And he said to me, um, oh, you don't know me, do you? And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, he started shaking my hand. And I was like, oh, God. you know, you're like, don't be rude. Think of this person. <laughs> but he introduced himself and I'd spoken to him through the, the my podcast page before oh, yeah. about about stuff. And then he started asking me about spirituality. And it was just one of those things where I'm not, I don't, it's not my thing, you know. Mm. But you don't want to, like, shit on someone else's belief. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to yeah, be yeah. nice to him. And he was like, so do you talk about it on the podcast? And I was like, should be listening to the podcast if you... But I, I said, um, well, a couple of times. So I had to, like, you walked past me that day. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I had yeah. to go through my phone to get him a couple of episodes. Really nice fellow, by the way. Um, But just, uh, just as you mentioned it, like, that, that kind of moment of... I was like, what do I say now? Because mm. I didn't want to be... Or dismissive, you know, because yeah. it's not right to do that. I don't no. think anyway. Like between me and you, if we, like if this microphone wasn't here, I'd be saying, "Listen," but you know what I mean. Take your, <laughs> yeah, but, take but, your middle of the row bullshit yeah. and get out of here. But it's strange because you know it's one of those things. Just because I don't have those that spirituality, uh, spirituality is not religion. I would have mm. more stronger feelings about religion mm. than I would spirituality, and I think spirituality. Look, if you're into that, fair play to you. you know, I think we'll uncover that you are. As we go through this it's podcast, I think I think that's what will happen because I think I don't think it's a choice that people, humans have. Honestly, I, I, I we, think we're, we're trying to because what you're trying to do is separate the animal and the human again. You know so you're all rational and dead. Clever, no, do you know what? Your arrogance yeah. astounds me today. What are you talking about? I'm saying that we're stupid, and you're no, pretending we're not stupid. No, I, we are. But what I'm, we've got complaints about that before. Uh, what I'm saying is, you say that I'm spiritual is. Arrogant. Well, I know, but you have beliefs. Depends what you mean by spiritual. Like, I don't know. I don't know. No, like, are we going to define spiritual? We can. You have beliefs that aren't rational. Eh, maybe, but there's not. I, I, yeah, we'd have to define spiritual. Yeah, and that's when it gets messy. And we will do that. We maybe because it does get messy. But um, anyway, yeah. So damage control. This is. Um, I think this is important because. Most of us are in this position where we'll we'll drop the ball and, and we'll we'll get burnt out oh, yeah. and we will upset people. So yeah. you get triggered, um, and it's not just like anger. This this can be something that just makes you feel really emotional, and it, and you just you you lose your rational mm-hmm. brain. So you get triggered. The first step, and this is the one that everyone tries to skip, you have to let the animal off the chain. 
Mm-hmm. So you you have to acknowledge what's happened, and you ha- you have to find the right person for this. So someone who won't interrupt the animal's rants, so they can see what needs to happen, and they just listen. Mm-hmm. So they won't interrupt with "Ah, it's okay, calm down. Why don't you just X or just stop X?" Mm. They won't interrupt with those sorts of things because this kick off effectively. It needs to happen, whether it's in your own head, whether it's journaling, whether it's speaking to someone directly, it has to happen before you can get to the next step. Yeah. And most people, this is what repression is. So people will just pretend that it's fine. Be like, no, no, it's fine. I'm not bothered. And then they'll, they'll try and skip to step two. Yeah. And I do it. And I'm, that's all my, almost my instinct is to be like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's not, I have to acknowledge it at some point. Um, now I put it here, you love this approach. You love that. Ah, just stop worrying about it. Um, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just saying, I know not to come to you to let off steam, um, but I have no friends, so I have to keep coming to you. Um, but I think, uh, I think everybody has a genuine, they want to placate you, you know what I mean? They want to say to you, like, it's it's grand. That's the idea yeah, going on, yeah. But, like... I think that's step two. Yeah, yeah. You You want to skip the sort of emotional rant because mm. you know when people say you don't know what to say you know like oh i don't i didn't know what to say you didn't need to say anything just let let whatever they've said air itself out because all the animal needs is just recognition that but it's do, annoyed do you believe that if you won't come to me with that approach of, of venting like i don't know i do but i still do yeah, yeah. No, 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 i, I did, I did a little bit in the hospital like because i needed to yeah done, but it's um and that but that's again that's the kind of the person on the other end, it is difficult for them, like you know, yeah. because you want to. It's very hard not to say, well, this maybe you really want to like help, yeah. But you, you've, especially if you've not been in the position before, mm. uh, you know, like I don't, I didn't have a child in hospital at any point, no. so it's very difficult. But I, I still want to kind of connect with you and say, like, you know, um, think of like tomorrow. And when you're home, mm. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. that's all you can kind of do. But like the, the, I, the, it's the right approach. Like you had the right approach when I was texting you. Like it's, um, you just let me speak. Yeah. You yeah. let me say that oh, it's a tough thing. Yeah. Like, and that, that's all I needed was just to say, to say to somebody, uh, this is, this isn't, this is quite dark. This. Yeah, um, no, of course. Uh, but say like me, you have no friends. Um, <laughs> journaling the rant is a good way to let the animal release its tension. So it doesn't have to be to someone you can just, scribble down how you're feeling um it, that's if you're worried about people judging it but you might judge yourself as well mm. and it's trying to just being aware that you might look at what you've just written and think jesus i'm a bad person yeah but it, the the animal isn't you it's part of you and it's your responsibility but it's not really you so it just is what it is yeah. so it's um yeah it, it's it's but it's hard not to judge yourself. Right? Of course, like, I feel I'm a hypocrite. If I'd say I think we're both very hard on ourselves, anyway. Yeah. Um. Whatever whatever method you choose, the animal has to be acknowledged, and you have to admit before you can move to step three. Mm-hmm. Um. So as I say, most people don't want to do step one; they just want to skip to step two because step one's quite uncomfortable because mm-hmm. you have really irrational thoughts and they're a bit over the top. Um. Yeah, it's not easy, but you can learn it. Um, so like the examples I wanted to talk about were if you, if it's sadness, just be sad. Yeah. If you're angry, just be angry, like sit in it and just be okay with it feeling like crap. Um, and then what you find is, cause I think 
the worry is if I let myself be sad, I'll never stop feeling sad. Yeah. And it's it's that irrational kind of, no, 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 don't, don't, don't give into it. But if you do give into it, it just passes. Mm. Like it just, it just, you, you, you feel through it. And this is what women are so good at that you, they let themselves just feel it. And then it's on to the next thing. Mm. And that, that's all you have to do is when we're much more like, right, ignore that, move that over there, push that aside and, just hope it's fine. Yeah, put yeah. it in a box that says do not touch on it. Um, but if you do that, it just gets worse mm. and it builds up. And then that's when you have weird outbursts yeah. where the guy himself is a bit like, Jesus Christ, I don't know where that came from. Um, but, you know, that's what therapy's for. <laughs> you've seen you've seen those outbursts to me anyway. Yeah. You just, you're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you just let that one play it out. So, um, yeah, that like it's almost like letting the phrases come out. So, you can just say that was unfair and shitty of them to do that. I feel sad, angry, upset, whatever. Um, you mentioned this the other day, like catastrophizing. Mm. Like that's another thing your animal can just be like, I can't handle this. It's all falling apart. It's the worst possible outcome. I'll never recover from this. I'm such a failure. And then you can, you know, you spiral mm. down and all that sort of stuff. Or it could just be a rant. And it's like, this guy's an absolute prick. He's so arrogant, inconsiderate, just an arsehole. And then you go, oh, that's just, you know, yeah. you know, like that yeah. sort of thing. Let me more have to do with this with the kids. It's like, it's, oh, they were doing this the other day and this and this and this and this and this, and we have to help just listen to each other, give out, and then we go, yeah, but it's great doing it. Mm. But that that feeling of yeah, it's great though mm. doesn't come until you've done step one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, these they don't take them seriously. That's the thing to remember. These little outbursts. It's just the animal. It's just the animal being irrational. So don't take it seriously. They are a bit embarrassing and shocking, but when you pretend they aren't there, you just, you know, you just repress mm. it and it gets worse. You have to acknowledge the feeling. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I was going to put it into the kids because this is what people do with their own kids. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff translates. Um, so with your children, they'll feel these strong emotions, but obviously they don't have the emotional control of the human. So they need the adult, i.e. the parents, to fulfill the role of the human. Mm-hmm. So you you can't respond to their animal outbursts by acting like the animal. So you're the adult and it can help them process the emotion by acknowledging it and letting them feel it. So instead of saying, oh, no, it's OK or it's not important, don't worry about it. Or you distract them with like, well, just play with that instead or, you know, whatever it might be. What? you can do as a parent and and you know there's a there's an element of faith to this because no one's doing the research there's just an element of faith where you can just say to them yeah that that sucked that didn't mm. it and it's like it's okay that it sucks and i'm going to be here and, and we'll get through the emotion together and we'll figure it out and it lets them just feel the emotion they don't have to run away from it or distract themselves from it so it's the same approach mm. that you would take with your own animal it's like you're parenting your animal and when you can do that, your human can parent your kids mm. and they can look after their emotional outbursts. But have you, like, what are your experiences with this of, of like trying to avoid step one or? Yeah. Uh, like, because I didn't know anything about what, like going into, um, well, actually meeting you, mm. you talked about the animal and stuff. And I was like, oh, shut up. About it. <laughs> no, but you, you, so you talked about, I didn't I'm, know. I'm like that so much. Like having written this, there's so much where I'm like, I am so bored of this. No, but it's, <laughs> it, but, I, but, but it's not, see, that's the thing though, because you've been through it, but mm. from what I'm learning and, you know, um, the step that, the step where you're talking about, like you have to 
remember that it's the animal or, you know, mm. have it in your head that this is the animal. So when you are like having a rant or you feel terrible about whatever it is, that's that's going to be difficult to to get that into your head, you know. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, that I I do like to rant and I I get annoyed about something or people. I was doing it on the drive in, you know, yeah. your man in the car, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I was like, that that's where I have to start bringing that in because it's it, it's. I'm not saying that that's a destructive thing that I was doing in that moment, no, you know, the no. man in the car. But I have been like, what if you know, working in the gym and somebody would would annoy your frustration and stuff, and you'd you'd start taking out. You know, you start ranting away to one of the other lads, like mm. one of the other lads who worked there. Um, and then they'd be like, well, that's, you know, that's a bit harsh. And then you'd be like, yeah, that is a bit harsh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, but, and that's almost the point is yeah. to just to get out the harshness yeah. and admit that, like, I'm annoyed about that. Yeah. But, and to remember that it's, it's not rational though. So it's, mm. it's not to be taken seriously. Like, and that, that's, I think that's what that almost happens instinctively as people will, will listen to you and they'll go, that's not that bad and you go yeah it's not yeah so that the step one is just being triggered and then Mm. just admitting and and i the reason i'm harping on about this particularly is because it's so hard to do Mm. because if you're proud and you have a certain view of yourself as someone who's controlled or disciplined or whatever it might be or someone who's very rational and wouldn't you know wouldn't do silly things and there's no there's no shadow in me. There's no darkness in me. I'm just a compassionate person. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of a, a stranger to yourself. It's easy to completely try and ignore this or feel bad about it. Yeah. And to feel like you're an awful person because yeah. you have these dark thoughts, but it's just the animal and you have to just accept, Oh yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. that's just how my animal reacts. Like maybe your animal's just a bit angrier than other people's. And yeah, that could be. Stuff. I would suggest it. Um, so step two, I've called this the adult in the room. Um, so this is cognitive reframing. Uh, this is when you talk the animal down off the ledge. So it's like, you imagine out in the air, it's just about to jump and it's yeah. like, all right, mate, let's bring it down. Um, so the animal will listen to the human's rational thought and logic once it's been recognized and acknowledged. And everyone, as I say, everyone tries to skip this step. So examples of this played out after you've had a rant or kicked off or whatever, you've acknowledged it somehow is, maybe the person's just having a bad day and they've received awful news yeah. and they're grieving. So their animal is calling the shots. Um, things like this isn't a personal attack. They treat most people like this. So this, this happens a lot when you're yeah. dealing with the public, they'll, they'll kick off. And like in the beginning of my career, it would be like, you'd get so wound up and take it so personally. It's like, well, if I was just nicer, if I just looked at different, mm-hmm. if I just did this, maybe they wouldn't do that. Um, and then eventually you reach a point where, Oh no, they do this to everybody. This yeah. is how they move through. You ever think it might be because, you know, 100% the English, all of it. Yeah. Okay. No, no, but it happened in England most of them. Oh, well. Um, but no, the Irish hate me as well. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of just realize like th- there's interactions you have with other people that go really well mm. and you get on swimmingly and you realize, oh, it isn't me. It's them. This yeah. is how they interact with everyone in their lives. So just thank God I'm not in their lives. Um, and you know, another one that you can kind of rationalize with the animal is you're trying your best Mm. and you want everyone's taste and everyone's free to decide whatever flavor they want. And you can't be everyone's flavor. And there's, you know, part of maturity to it. Um, And this is where stoicism for me comes in. Um, It's been a fantastic source of rational thoughts and logic. So once you've gone through and accepted that the animal is what it is, it's Mm. had this reaction. That's when you can start, um, using stoicism mm-hmm. to 
you know the rational logical parts and the quotes and all that sort of stuff but i won't go into it because it's um it's boring and i won't do it just well we thought we talked about it be- a good bit before we talked about mm-hmm. it on my podcast about it before and something that i'm i can't pronounce so i don't try to say <laughs> it but i do think that there's certain um uh quotes that have read that would mm-hmm. be like attributed to it and yeah. um a couple of people after the one you were on contacted me with a couple of quotes and saying they were particularly into it you know mm. so it's something that you know we can probably get into again you know because yeah. there is obviously people are into it and into the idea yeah. of it so it's just a, it's a nice i think what people like about it too is is it's not really religious it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a philosophy and i think people get more from the philosophy than the religion mm. i think because it's a little less um you know creepy jesus <laughs> and um so yeah as i say stoicism it's been it's fantastic for step two mm-hmm. but you can't avoid step one so you can't force step two and just just read the quote that might be another thing that pisses people off about quotes yeah maybe. they're trying to skip step one yeah yeah um and just jump to the conclusion part <laughs> um but say it's not uh an acute trigger of like this this has just happened it could be like a chronic worry or something that you're like an upcoming event that you're worried about mm-hmm. So what I like to do is the step one, I admit that I'm scared of something, which again, as a guy, that's hard to do, yeah. uh, particularly if you're young, but you, what are you actually scared of? Are you scared of losing? Are you scared of failing? Are you scared of injury? Are you scared of rejection? Normally it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to admit it first and then I can use um, again, stoicism, which is negative visualization. You can use that technique. So what I like to do um, is I play out that fear. So like, okay, you get rejected. Then what? Then what do you do? Or the, the, you know, worst case happens. What's the plan if the worst case happens? Mm. And then you detail a plan and you've only got to do that so many times with, cause it's, as I say, there's patterns. People have their own patterns and their own worries that they're always scared of. Once you've come up with worst cases and planned a solution, if worst case happens, it's suddenly not as frightening mm-hmm. um, and your animal doesn't get as triggered or worried and you can kind of just, again, extend the resilience. You're able to deal with the knocks better yeah. because your animal isn't on edge. Um, yeah, you've already done that, haven't you? Talk about you. Yeah, I think just, you know, that technique of negative visualisation. But I think also... Have you used that? Have you ever no, used it? No, I haven't, no. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense because I, if we break it down to even just jujitsu as like some days you're just like oh i don't want to get beaten up you know what i mean like when you're nervous about coming in and like, oh, yeah. you're, like you're every time yeah but yeah. it's such a strange thing and we've thought we've gone over it before but i've never i think i've just sort of pushed through it each time mm. and i know there's a reward on the other end but mm. i prefer not to have to just push through it i prefer to like be able to have some sort of a technique to yeah you know well, that's it. And, and well, it's almost like we've done it physically, the mm. negative visual, like, cause we've been tapped out and it's like, we got through it and it was fine. Yeah. And true. it's like, yeah, we've done this before. And partly that, I think that's part of maturity and growing older is you've, you've had worst cases happen yeah. a couple of times and you were like, Oh, I just figured it out. Yeah. Well, I'll just probably just do that again. So you're not as nervous. Yeah. Your animal's not as triggered because you've got that experience. Um, but yeah, I think negative visualization is, it's, um, Obviously, don't obsess about it. No. <laughs> but it, it's just it's just a useful little thing to try when you can't shake a nervous feeling. Yeah. Um. And you you just like it's too distracting to just get on with life because it is that the, the, that old saying of uh, what's the worst that can happen? Almost. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, like, yeah. well, I could die. Yeah. You know, quite if, a lot of things. If you really <laughs> want me to go to the worst possible thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Um. 
another effective technique to deal with anxiety and like ongoing uh, like uh, chronic uh, concerns is distraction um and we all have done it and people love it uh worst examples obviously being drugs party and gambling so pretty and, good like, just, yeah just chasing highs like junk food netflix yeah. binges that blinge lifestyle we Bling. were talking about um healthier examples exercising out the excess nerves socializing uh being vulnerable um because that's almost like admitting the, being vulnerable and i think this is where the um it's a step one thing where you're vulnerable with someone mm. and you've admitted that you're scared. You've yeah. admitted a weakness and healthy people will see that and they'll reach out. And that's why you obviously have to do this with, with healthy mm. people that you trust as you show that vulnerability and they will support you and they'll help you get to step two, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what part of the vulnerability is. Um, yeah, I cannot, that's, I think though you put down sorry where was it uh, Netflix flicks binges can be all right sometimes as well no no question do you know what I mean just that kind of comfort um, day that you might need like to yeah you know that's just somebody's version of a mind yeah exactly I'm not saying it's mine but and yeah it's it's just one of those it's like it's it isn't obviously I've put like worst examples yeah. and it isn't the worst obviously Netflix binging um, well you mean like say, spitting in just watching TV over yeah and that's your only coping yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas it's trying to mix in the different coping mechanisms because I mean well I don't Netflix binge anymore or do any of this stuff anymore <laughs> but um, chance. Maybe a little bit of junk food, I guess, possibly. Very rarely, I'd say. Yeah, but sometimes that's probably the only one I do. Um, but yeah. Um, but you're, that's like a treat. Yeah. For you, yeah. you know, because you don't eat it. It's like the whole point of trying to find the balance between them, but it's, it is very easy to, to do, you know, drugs, drink, all yeah. those kinds of, it is so much easier to do those. Yeah. If you're anxious or, you know, feeling unwell or whatever it might be, like, you know, you, that's the thing to reach for. Yeah. This is so much harder. Yeah. It, <laughs> no no like, question. You know, and it, it kind of, that's why it takes habits and why yeah. people try and fail and try and fail all the time with them because, because they're painful in the beginning mm. to do, like you have to get up and go exercise and stuff like yeah. that. But then the reward part lasts a lot longer, but the, the issue and the reason it's so hard is because of the stories that you're telling yourself about it. Mm like what who you are and what it means to do this and what it takes to do this and that and a lot of the time you'd be like i've got to do this forever i'll yeah. oh, forget it i'm not doing it yeah, yeah. um and so and it's th this is what i'm trying to do is is really talk about specifics of where these thoughts are coming from because everyone has the same thoughts or similar thoughts when they think about exercise not eating right they just don't know what to do with it yeah and that's what i'm trying to get across here um now, obviously, if all of these things don't work and your brake pads are just too thin because you're burnt out and, and something really goes tits up, mm. um, you have to talk your animal down as quickly as you can. Now, this can be hours or days. It's it's not a few minutes thing yeah. until you get really good at it. Um, you have to do that part and then go and apologize mm. and eat humble pie and just go up to the person and say, I'm sorry for my shitty behavior because relationship repair is such a useful skill to learn. Like it's too important for a good life. You have to learn how to repair the relationship because even I still do all this, yeah. I still drop the ball, still kick off and react when I shouldn't have, despite studying it for over 10 years, I still drop the ball, obviously not as much, but the relationship repair is huge. Yeah. It's being able to just go, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Really sorry about that. And and then it's fine again. Mm. And you're actually closer. Um, 
but yeah what are your kind of go-to distractions well like yeah your coping kind of stuff yeah i think like exercise is one but we we, we talked a bit about that earlier on you know you saying you kind of want to get back into in love with jiu-jitsu and, and my mm-hmm. my sense is like i really i don't know where i'm at with it but i know i have to keep doing it you know it's, yeah it's it's that that's the coping like to exercise to to socialize in there um because uh when i come back or when i leave the gym like I, I'm happy to be on my own for the rest of the time. Yeah. You've done your bit. You've done yeah. your socializing. Like, you know, you've, you've, uh, the endorphins are going because you've done your exercise. I've done my, my work in there, taking my classes and stuff like that. And it's nice to see people getting on with their exercise and like, you know, improving mm. with different things. But it's more like with, with the mental health stuff as well. It's the, the exercise is the best thing that I've found, you know, yeah. um, medication helps, uh, you know, therapy helped. You know, just talking to your, yourself or my my parents, or whatever helps. But like, I think exercise is just that kind of. It's it's become, and I I know what you're saying. Like, it is hard for people to start it, like, mm. but it's become easy. Yeah, and you know, mentally easy. Mm. Physically, it's still tough. Like for, you, for you, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it's like it's tough having to lift heavy weights still, mm. and then it all like hopefully it always will be. But it's easy to go in there now. I think if people can find that, I think with, with, it doesn't have to be in a gym. It can be walking or running mm. or, um, swimming, whatever they want to do. But it's just to get to that point. It's, it, that's the hard There's part, a tipping point. Yeah. yeah there's that. And the animal, like you're saying. What I, what I, the, the way I've described it is you have to finally convince your animal mm. because th- this is where you, you can know something that like we all know how to exercise, how yeah. to lose weight, how to live healthily. But what stops people is they don't believe it. Like their animals, like nah, that won't happen. Yeah. I won't get sick. I don't need to do it anyway. I've got ages to do. It. You know, all yeah. these excuses, and you have to keep going, keep getting uncomfortable, keep mm. failing, and getting back on the wagon, and then falling off and getting back on the wagon. But then eventually, it's like the penny drops, and you go, "Oh, I definitely need this." Like I have no yeah. choice. And even if that's not rational, mm. that's one of the beauties of the animal. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just, <laughs> oh, I'm fully convinced I need this. Yeah, and I think I don't think I can fail in there. That's what's in my head. Like, mm. if I get in there and I'm training, I can't fail. You know, uh, lifting weights, whatever. I'm not competing with anybody else in there. Mm. It's literally the hardest part is, like we said, to get in there and you know the first few times, and you're uncomfortable, and there's other people around. Mm. Maybe they look fitter than you, and they're bigger mm. than you, whatever it is. But I don't see that any. To me very often. <laughs> but um but but it's there's there's no failing in there for me no and and i've never been competitive and people do get competitive stuff i just want to be there now because i know how important it is so Mm. whatever about like getting tapped out in jiu-jitsu or not getting the right like the 100 kg deadlift whatever it is i don't fail in there it's the long game for you yeah absolutely yeah you know i'm like you can't 41 year old man can't be in there looking at a 20 year old. Yeah. yeah. And they're go they're lifting and you're like, well, I have to lift this or it's failure. Like, yeah. have a look at yourself, you know? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's not about well, it's that. The, yeah. Be. You've got the perspective of the long game. Yeah. You have. Yeah. Well, I see you have to, but you know what I mean? I'm, I have, but yeah. Well, it, that's what takes time, unfortunately, because this is what's so difficult about young kids here and these sorts of things. They, they, they can't, there's no perspective to no. put it into balance. There's no, you have to, as I was saying last time, there's some lessons that you can't teach. Mm. You have to learn them. And one of them is to stop competing with yourself. Yeah. But you've got to go and come, sorry, to stop competing with others and start just getting better yeah. or just keep going or whatever it might be. Um, 
but you have to go and try and compete with other people yeah. to find that it's quite empty. Yeah. And then and then you're like, oh yeah, cool. Because yeah, there's yeah. always someone better. There's always another, there's always someone killing it in this field or you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, and it, that just takes the time, doesn't it? But um, is it like no, you if, if not some people have this idea like you have to be the best at everything you do and you don't, that's exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's also too much. Yeah. It's not realistic. Like it, no. like that brings me nicely on some burnout. Yeah. Um so th- th- for me, this is where the brakes have gotten too thin. Um, and you're just feeling burnt out. And now I obviously do this all the time now with kids. Um, and I'm always in denial about it. But um, and we did touch on this in the last episode, but I just kind of want to go a bit deeper mm-hmm. into it. So when it when it comes to genetics, like of, of physical prowess, we can accept those. So we know when it comes to athletes, there's an ability to not get knocked out. There's an ability to learn techniques and apply them. There's cardio, there's height, there's strength, injury proneness. Um, and we don't tend to beat ourselves up about those because mm-hmm. they're kind of just nature given gifts. Like, you know, that guy's just six, four, you yeah. know, long and thin. It's like, it's just what it is. Like, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so and we're okay with it. Um, but when it comes to psychological prowess, uh, we don't seem to be able to apply the same idea. So we think it's personal effort mm. and it's like, oh, they're just working harder. And that's what we put it down. So it's like, also oh, you get this. Like, you know, they call it the toxic productivity and all that sort of thing. Like, no days off, don't quit, don't yeah. stop. And um, it's kind of, there, there's levels to people's ability. Um, So how much can you sacrifice and how much pressure can you psychologically handle versus how much rest and recovery you need? So I have like, there's a worth it feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, And burnout is when the worth it equation isn't balanced. Okay. So you've gone into an area where the animal doesn't think this is worth it anymore and you just feel miserable mm. and you have, you're, or you're angry or you're wound up or whatever. And that's the animal just like, this isn't worth it. Mm. Whatever you're doing, I need more of the other stuff. I need more rest and recovery. I need a reason to keep doing this. Mm. But there's, there's definitely going to be a genetic factor to that. Yeah. Like of how much suffering can you put up with versus how much suffering can someone else put up with? There will be a genetic factor Mm. to that. Um, So I believe there's massive differences between that that are purely down to luck. So all, you know, things that are out of our control, like what you were born with. As I say, the physical attributes, we can just say, oh, yeah, they're physically better than me. But like the one percenters, these amazing people that we look up to, you've got to put it in perspective. Like they might just have a genetic talent where they can suffer and sacrifice and not need the recovery part. Mm. They don't need the break. They don't need whatever it is that their animal needs. They just get on with it. Um, and I, I think that's a real, uh, it's it's harmful in our culture. Whereas it's like, oh, you're just not working hard enough. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that's your issue with the likes of David Goggins, yeah. where it's like, just push harder, just keep suffering. And I thought sort of like, but your journey in life and like if you've read David Goggins, the two books, absolutely not. No. The amount of trauma that that guy has suffered. Sorry, all all the all the all he's doing is this is his addiction. Yeah. So to keep running until your knees fall apart, that is an addiction. Mm. It's just a socially acceptable one. So instead of drinking himself to death, he's running himself to death mm. or pulling himself up to death. So that, that does reach a point <laughs> where up there. It, like it's um, you're. You can look at them and you can take inspiration. And I do, you know, I, I like having that gear of like, just suffer for the sake of mm. it. It's a useful gear to have if you ever need to go through something. But to look at him, there's a risk of 
absorbing too much of his content and thinking I'm not good enough because I mm. don't want to keep running till my legs fall off. Yeah. But that's probably because you're not as traumatized. You haven't got as much to to, to go through. So yeah. you're not addicted to it. And it isn't healthy what he does. No. And he even attacks people that say it isn't healthy, which is a classic thing that an addict does where oh, they shit. say, I'm not addicted. You're addicted. You know, it's yeah, yeah. tough. And it's, you're watching someone with an addiction because it's socially acceptable in the West. That's what people do. So it's like, oh, it's so amazing. And he does that. It's like, is it though? Mm. Like, is he make, pushing people too far? Um, but anyway. I would like, uh, you know, and I always pick Goggins because he's the only one I know of those kind of influencers that yeah. are doing that. But I just think that it's, um, unhealthy for certain people, right? You, like you said, you can get that. You like that having that gear that you can kind of push yeah. through. Sorry, I'm leaning way back. Mm. But um, there's some young lads who can't do that, and like you said, they do beat themselves up about it. Yeah, and they think, for sure. well, because I can't do what he's doing, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, and that's the problem. And that's what I mean. Friend, yeah, you know? that, that's the kind of that's the worry that it turns into. Um, so uh, you know, inherited genetics and childhood experiences—they're mm-hmm. they're things that are out of our control. But they're probably two of the most influential things that are going to impact this worth it mm-hmm. equation. Um, but I was just, if you look at the Jackson 5, oh dear. like if you think about I it. Look at the Jackson 4. Like there's a similar um, similar genetics, obviously, and childhood experiences. Yeah, of course. But there was still that genetic difference yeah. in Michael. Um, so it, there's just so in much more to it. Uh, which part? That's what I'm asking. Oh, look, just leave that. it. That's another hour. Um, yeah, so the animal has to see that it's the effort is worth it. Um, and everyone's worth it equation is going to be different. Mm-hmm. This is the art part of it. Um, so I know there's like abstract and lofty ideas of like purpose and meaning. And obviously they have their place, but that's more of a human thing. Mm-hmm. I think it, it doesn't give you the, the feeling of certain things. Um, and a lot of the time, the animal needs a shallow thing to prevent burnout. Mm-hmm. So it isn't this like you know, deep and it just needs to know why it's doing it. And like, it's yeah. great, a cause and all this sort of stuff. And a lot of the time the animal isn't that deep. It just mm. needs like one of my things is just, maybe it needs some clothes. <laughs> like maybe it needs a nice yeah. you know, pair of shoes or maybe it needs to go to, like a lot of the time I'll just fly home for a couple of days, yeah. just, yeah. just to, to break the cycle, to, to get out of the strict routine, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be deep. Mm. A lot of the time it is shallow. And I think that's where people tend, well, if you're a high achiever sort of thing, you tend to feel guilty about that and just be like, yeah. oh, I, I am above all that. I don't need all that silly stuff. Like it doesn't. But yeah, that's, I, I, I kind of, I think that's kind of sad that people don't, I don't know if they think they don't need it or if they just think they don't allow themselves to have that. I think moment, that's you know? more that, like, I'm definitely in that camp. I, yeah. I try and resist and resist doing that. But then that. But you understand. Them. Like why you need it and like what you need. Like if I, for me, it'd be easy just to go out and get pissed. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's like, like we said earlier on, it's like mm. that, that's so easy in any, mm. well, not any country, most countries. But for me, it's like, oh, what, what do I need? Oh, I need to like watch two films in a row or something. Mm. And it's not destructive in any way. Yeah. And it's quite positive in a lot of ways because like, I've learned so much from film. People find yeah, that a exactly. bit yeah, no, silly, but I like, don't. No, because that's what films are. Yeah. They're so like, and it's the same as like picking up a book and just being quiet for two hours. Like, just yeah. And then so those two things, you yeah. know, that's what you need. Yeah. Like you've learned enough about yourself where like, that's what you need to do. And it's like, um, are you, there's going to be people who can do 80% mm-hmm. like pushing themselves, but then they need 20% 
break or there's someone who can do a 90 yeah. percent of the time they're killing it but 10 percent they need a rest or there's 50 50 yeah like there, there there has to be a genetic part to that where you're just not able for the for what the one percent can do yeah yeah um sure. and it like there's nothing wrong with pushing yourself and using the one percent as um to motivate yourself at times and learn how they think but there is another part of it where it's like am i that person though mm. and is me trying to force myself to be that person, is that going to lead to a good life? Mm. Or am I just going to be beating myself up yeah. all the time? Like, what can I, what's my limit? And then let's keep pushing it to the edge, yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but as we've talked about, you you have to work with the animal that you have. So you're not trying to fix it or deny it. Um, so lucky or unlucky, your animal is the, the card you were dealt. That That's what you have to put up yeah. with. That's just what you're born with. You don't turn it off. And you don't repress it and all that. Well, you can try. Yeah. That's where a lot more suffering comes with because people pretend they haven't got it. Right. Have a drink. Yeah. It's that time again. So I get the mic. Come here. It's really creepy. Uh, so uh, if you want to follow us, uh, we're on uh, Instagram, Lucky Works Co. And we're on Facebook, Lucky Works Co. Podcast. And uh, uh, yeah, follow us over there. And we always have like put little updates and all that. But um, like I said, thanks very much. Back over to the boss. All right. There you go. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what happens when your brakes are too thin. You're trying to manage your damage control. Uh, this is building those thick brake pads. <clears throat> so this is nurturing your animal. Um, and having worked in healthcare as long as I have, I'm obviously a great believer in an answer of prevention being worth a pound of cure. And self-care is the best prevention for burnout. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to learn it and you have to take it seriously. Um, so driven and hardworking people like myself, definitely not you. Um, <clears throat> I think we're a bit wary of self-care, which is what we were just saying, because it's easy to conflate it with self-indulgence. Mm. Because like you think, oh, no, that's just no, that's just for weakness. That's self-indulgence. Yeah, that, I but, never thought that, but, you know. It's because you're not hardworking. I do um, myself, though. <laughs> From a merchant family, I don't worry about nails them. Um, so what helped me was to understand the two differences and to like point out when it's self-care and when it's self-indulgence. So indulgence is excessive behaviors and involves indulging in immediate desires, often at the expense of one's health responsibilities or personal growth. And it's just knowing that what indulgence is. So this is overeating, excessive spending on luxuries or engaging in addictive behaviors. So self-indulgence is a red flag that you're probably burnt out. So your animal's almost like defying you. And it's like, we're going to get that. You'll indulge in something Mm -hmm. that normally for me anyway, that suggests you've pushed it too far. You've gone too far with, um, or it's been too long since you've done any self-care or taken a break or whatever it might be. That's normally what it means for me. Um, But it takes humility to admit that you might be burnt out, Mm -hmm. especially if you're into this pushing yourself thing. Uh, That's been one of the hardest things for me is to, and you've known me long enough to see from your angle, it's probably like just take a break. Man. Yeah. But from for me, it's like no, I'm fine. I can keep going. You know that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But look, and that's ironically that's animal logic mm-hmm. and beliefs that put you into denial. Um. But yeah, we'll look at beliefs in the next few episodes. Um. How you can get human beliefs and animal beliefs, mm. and then how that causes issues. Um. Whereas self care, on the other hand, is to avoid or prevent self indulgence. So self-care is really a way of preventing your animal from making your decisions and leading you to act like an idiot. 
Um, it's worth pointing out that the more stressful your overall life um, or your lifestyle is, the more effort you have to put into coping mechanisms and self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do I mean by this? I kind of looked at what I was doing and I, I've never actually written down all the stuff I'm trying to do at once. For self-care? Uh, no, just of what I'm trying to achieve, like, oh, like, the yes, ways so, yeah. I'm pushing yeah. myself. Um and it kind of it really highlighted for me. It was like, well, no wonder you're always burning mm-hmm. out because you, you're trying to push as much as you can. And a lot of the times you're moving into the red. Um, so when I'm in my life, I'm trying to do parenting, husbandry, full-time work as pharmacist, learn MMA, learn Polish, stay in good physical shape, run a podcast and t-shirt company. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of plates spinning. Um, and my extend, my standards aren't exactly low. They're always way beyond what I can actually do. Um, so I'm asking a lot of my animal. Mm-hmm. I'm asking it to be very structured and use a lot of its energy. Um, so as a result, because I look at self-care and I'm like, I wish I didn't have to do that. Mm, I wish I didn't yeah. need that bit. And yeah. I wish like, why have I got to do this every day? Why have I got to take an hour every day in the morning? And then you look at that list and you're like, because you're literally never turning off. Yeah. Like you've, there's no switch off. So you've got to take it more seriously. Um, but you know, as I say, over the last five years, you've seen me struggle with yeah. this. All and you know I'm, I'm spilling plates. All the time. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't stop pushing. I said that to someone the other day. They, they didn't know what it meant. Now, I know it's an older kind of thing, isn't it? Like, you'd see it in those like variety yeah. shows in the 80s yeah. and 90s. Like, these guys at the... But this is not a thing anymore. Cause I said it is that, a phrase, though. It's just kind of a colloquial No, it's definitely phrase, a phrase. Like, yeah. it's a, there's a Radiohead song called, like, Spinning Place. Yeah. So it is a thing, but they just didn't know. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just a thing that nobody says anymore. Nobody but I'm constantly doing it, it, though. <laughs> I explained that. And they went, yeah, no, you do that all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the, it's. Um, I think it's important to define the difference between self-indulgence and self-care. Because, as I say, I think that's what puts people off the idea of self-care mm-hmm. is they think it's self-indulgence. So what does self-care actually look like? It, it's obvious stuff that everyone knows. It's exercise, enough good quality sleep, good nutrition, calories, like eating enough. People yep. so underestimate yeah, it's no, like it. It's people will think... Oh, I'm just dead stressed when I get home from work. And it's like, how many calories have you had in the day? And if they looked at it, it's probably 500, 1,000. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're burning hot and they need some more yeah. food. So calories is such an under underrated and understated thing um, when it comes to self-care. Um, other things, relaxation, uh, time with loved ones, journaling, mindfulness, all this sort of stuff. What's that, that word? Which one? Laughter. Never. Don't know. Is that a, <laughs> that's not, a Polish that's word? That's not my thing. Yeah. Um, it's not in my wheelhouse. Um, so even though this is like obvious, boring stuff that everyone knows, it, it kind of, it really points out it's rarely what it's the, not the what that stops us. It's the how part of it. Yeah. So we know what to do. We just literally don't know how to do it. Um, and for me, that's what this model is. This human animal, this is the how you actually change your behavior is to understand, which is one thing. And another thing is to accept this. Mm. And I think that's what most people struggle with is accepting that this is actually happening. Um, yeah. And that even, even you just, you know, you don't believe in spirituality and all this sort of stuff. It's like, it's so hard to believe that there's an entity in you that isn't rational. Yeah. And a lot of the time controls your behavior. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. It's not the same thing, but do you know what I mean? Spirituality, it's not, I don't, it's not a spiritual thing, though. No. I sp- yeah, I suppose we haven't defined spiritual again. We'll work on it. What do we like? I'll um, write it down. So have you, coming back to the how part, because mm-hmm. obviously you've managed the how. You've sort of cracked the how part. Yeah. Because you, you probably knew for years what to do. 
but you are consistently training, consistently eating better, all and consistently sleeping well and that sort of stuff. So what was what's your journey to the how part to successfully do it? To do it probably. Um I was like uh, if people don't know, like I was very badly depressed and diagnosed bipolar afterwards and anxiety and stuff like that. Um but I think it, I think it's a, like it's a lot of factors, but I think what draw uh, like kind of drags me in there on certain days. So like if you're there, I know you're there Friday, right? Mm. So that's good. So that's what I take, you know. But um, on the Mondays and Wednesdays that I go in, that I'm training rather than working, uh, like I know how important the exercise is, but I also know how important the social aspect of it is because mm-hmm. I spent about three years trying to avoid people at the mm-hmm. the best I could, and I. I do my shop and do the bits that you had to do, but otherwise it was like go for a run and come home and just avoid everyone apart mm-hmm. from Anne who I live with. Mm-hmm. But like I knew that that's not the way. Like you know, I could feel that something destructive was happening with okay. that alone. Like was it like was it a voice or was it like was it something to say like you can't carry on like this? I think it was the the voice. Like the voice was the thing that told me to take my own life. You know. Mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing that you know like you're walking towards a, a, a drawer with knives in it mm. because a voice told you to do it your own voice not mm. you know anything else but so when a voice is is that strong mm. when it starts to tell you like hiding away from people and doing all this is very bad and very destructive mm-hmm. um then i i started to think like well i have to socialize with people mm-hmm. The exercise, like I said, was an easy thing at the start because I'm not going. I had that always in me that I wasn't going into kind of lift heavier new. Mm. It was just I was going in to do something. So jujitsu was the thing at the start, and I get beaten up over and over again. Mm. But you know the joy of that, like of getting up and having conversations with people. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. I was like a, a human being again. Like I was like, oh, I like. I think people nah, respect is a strong, a strong word. Tolerate, <laughs> tolerate is probably there. But you know what I mean. You get that like kind of you start to build up connections with people for different reasons. Mm. Now, me and you straight away got on, you know, mm. but like with other people, like it might just be about football or it doesn't matter, like yeah. films. But all of a sudden you had like relationships with six, seven people and it was building all the time. And I realized then. I'm going to start a cult. Yeah. And and like, and I enjoy the cult aspect of it, but it's funny. It was, it was training yesterday and there's a shoulder stretch where you lie on your side mm. and you let them roll. You know, the one you roll yeah, on your yeah. front. Yeah. And everybody's doing it. And I was walking around the middle and I was like, this literally looks like they had the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but, but but now when I see why I did that or why you need to do that, like, look at it now. Like, I'm coaching mm. Jiu-Jitsu. I'm coaching CrossFit. Like, tell the person, you know, eight, nine years ago that. like, Yeah. You know, well, that's where people, I think, they we don't hear almost don't hear enough stories like that. Yeah. Of, of, of the how part. Like, how did you actually do it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. So it was kind of a voice that just said, it was, "Yeah, go and get up and do it." Do it, yeah. And anxiety, awful anxiety, going in there. Yeah, I can imagine. Sat in the first class, sat in there with my, with my jeans, and I was like, "I'm not doing anything." And it was Keen that came over and chatted to me. Fair play yeah. to him. And he sat and talked to me. Then Martin did, and maybe I wouldn't have gone back if they hadn't sat and talked to me. Like, yeah. you, you, you don't know how you would react, but but there was a communication. They were both sound mm. and. You're like, well, I'll definitely, I'll give it a go. But yeah, it was it was that voice that like I like that you picked probably the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, the... short of MMA, <laughs> like you like, I'm going to pick the hardest sport. Well, it was my mate. It was my mate Shane told me to do it. He said, look, that that anxiety, it, 
it'll be gone for those moments. It melts, doesn't it? It goes. Yeah. It's mad. I, t- I was talking to someone about it the other day. For those five minutes, there's no anxiety. You're no. just like, either survive or kill. You know what I mean? Like, choke, whatever. But yeah, like like it's it was a big big turnaround. But mm. yeah, that voice is it's very very strong. It might be strong in in everyone, of course. Mm. Like, but I got you got to respect it if it can tell you to do one thing and then tell you to do, tell you to like something that would be devastating, but then tell you to something that would be that is amazing for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's fascinating. Man. Mm. That's really cool. Um, so that's the obvious stuff. Every stuff everyone knows. Yeah, he, he, you know all that sort of stuff. Um, this is less obvious stuff. So setting personal boundaries and then imposing them. So th- th- this has started to come up a little bit more in kind of stuff that you see all everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, on social media and things. Is like being assertive. So um, true assertiveness is somewhere between submission and aggression. So it's kind of saying this is what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I'm going to air that out. I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'm not happy. Right. And 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 it's not because I think a lot of people have when they're uncomfortable with something it's almost like they want to say um they want to give a perfect really eloquent mm. uh, sorry eloquent um speech about how they don't feel this is fair and they yeah. don't want to do this and I think that stops them from just saying I'm not happy. Yeah. Whereas if you could just get over the I'm not happy and, and then your brain will fill in the gap mm. afterwards. You don't have to have a reason. You just say, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Can we talk about why I'm not comfortable with something? That That's all assertiveness is. Like yeah. it, it doesn't, it's not this mad, really in-depth skill that you have to try and like, it's hard to learn, but it's just having phrases like, right, I'm not happy about something. Mm. We need to figure it out. Um, and that's a huge part of self-care because it, it's letting your animal know that you'll protect it. Mm. So it, we might get into difficult situations, but if it is that difficult, I'll look after you. Just like the same way with the kid. Yeah. If you if you're taking them to something they're nervous about, if they know that their parents going to take them out and they're going to pull the ripcord if they need to, mm. they've got that more confidence to do it. So this is what you're basically parenting yourself again, and you're setting those boundaries where like if it gets too thick, we'll just leave. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, another one: praise and reward. Um, so this can be from your human. So your internal praising yourself, like, well done for that. That was difficult and you did it. Or it can be external, but it, it has to be from kind of people you admire. Yeah. Loved one. It can't be strangers and things. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You doesn't know, mean anything. It's yeah. like whatever. Um, and without this recognition, I think resentment can start to build up. So if if you're pushing yourself and not rewarding it, that's where the animal goes, this isn't worth it anymore. I'm not getting rewarded for this. Like, what's the point of doing all this effort and all this structure and stuff? And I think that's when, you know, people say that they self-sabotage and they like, you know, people who do self-indulge and things like that. I think that's what's happening. They yeah. haven't received the praise that they wanted and they they expect it from something external. Or maybe like celebrities, they get yeah. it from external sources and they still feel empty. Yeah. And it's because eventually you have to realize it has to come from your human. You have to praise yourself for what you've done. Um and I like I I just like this bit. This is the defiance. I think the animal becomes defiant, and I think it's it's the best I've heard it described was Dostoevsky. So this is notes from underground. That's and, a fun read. <laughs> no, geez. if you want something light. Um, so even if a man really were nothing but a piano key, even if this were proved to him by natural science and mathematics, even then he would not become reasonable. Mm but would purposely do something perverse out of simple ingratitude, 
simply to gain his point. Yeah. Like, I, there's no, it's just so beautifully yeah. written of describing what happens when you don't look after yeah. the animal. It goes, do you know what? And it, and it flips the table. Because this just, guy was in the gulags. Like he knows yeah. what he's, he knows what the story is. Um, yeah. That's really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the whole book is a thesis on why yeah. humans and suffering are in, in But you know, I got that book, right? That's Soldier Nitsen you're talking about. He was in the gulags. This is, um, Dostoevsky. But didn't, isn't that about the gulags? Though? No, no. What? Uh, should, did he write that, a book about um, the gulags? The gulags, no, that is, um, that's alternate. That's alternate. So he, was I, in the, he was in the gulags. So I got two, I got two books, right, in one of Dostoevsky, right? So I read notes from the other one. And, um, you know, when someone says recommendations or, yeah, well, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is, this is unreal, like one of the top 100 books, and, you know, you, no, what's, what is it? The hundred books you must read before you die. Yeah. And I love those lists because I like to kind of try and Work pick them off. Yeah. Struggled. Really? I don't know. I struggled. To finish it. I finished it, but it, because it, 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 you do have to be in a place for certain things. This is know? the thing because from what I gather, Dostoevsky was trying to, he was creating books that you'd read over and over again. And also, I was thinking about this for Crime and Punishment. It is such a slow, painful that. book. Yeah. It's, it's, so much detail and so much unnecessary what seems unnecessary but it was written in a time before tv yeah that's true yeah so you had two hours three hours in yeah. the evening you yeah. want to fill the time so so you can see you know yeah i understand yeah um i let him off yeah <laughs> his family be thrilled yeah so i i just i love that the the idea of that piano yeah. key and the fact that even if we got everything we wanted which is arguably what we kind of have in the west we yeah. have everything that we want we're still trying to destroy it. Yeah. Because just our defiance of like, I'm not, I'm not just some peon. I'm not a cog in a wheel. Screw you. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so this next technique, I think is the least obvious bit of self care. And I am sort of free balling this. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of, I, you know, hopefully I'll explain it properly because I think there's something in here that's useful for people. It's, it's taking the animals drives. Mm-hmm. And your most people's animals have similar drives um, because we've all evolved and we're all quite similar from that point of view. You're trying to take the animal drives and figure out how you can meet them all. Yeah. Because that's how you're going to have an animal that's in a good place and feel good about itself, which is going to allow you to live through the human. Mm-hmm. So the human can make decisions because you've looked after the animal. After all, that's what self-care is. So... So I'll go through some of the drives that I'm talking about and, and talk about uh, examples yep. to hopefully stop rambling and make it a bit more eloquent and clear. Um, not a good start on the first one. Um, the drive to be desirable. Yeah. So I've called this shagability. Mm. So as we love balance here at Lucky Works, um, you obviously want to be desired by people's humans and their animal brains. Okay. That's obviously, we'll talk about that more as the podcasts go on. But most people aim for one or the other. Right. So if you think about um, what the human, and we talked about this, you know, like he likes a Dawkins, Stephen yep. Fry, Christopher Hitchens, very intellectual. I mean, you're not taking fashion advice from them. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at McGregor. Yeah. All the polar opposite, all animal values, all emotion, all like, oh, wow, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But it's narcissistic. <laughs> but you might take some fashion advice yeah. from the likes of those lads. Um, you wouldn't and, ask them about Dostoevsky or anything? No, no. I wouldn't want to know how Connor... I like, But then you look at someone like Khabib, you might ask him how yeah. he figure out, how does he keep pushing himself? You know, that's also... Whereas I think Connor's kind of shown that he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. 
he's an all or nothing kind of yeah. guy. And that's how he operates. He's either all in or all out. He's not like it's, um, he needs too much externally yeah, to, to keep driven. Whereas the, the best fighters, the ones who stay champion and keep coming back and have, have much longer careers. Obviously he's got his, his own success. I'm oh, not yeah. suggesting that, but you know, like the ones who've almost completed the career yeah, yeah. as opposed to effectively being stopped by, yeah, time you, reti- you retired when you were quite young. Yeah, exactly. basically, yeah. you retired. Um, they, yeah. Anyway, they 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 motivated from within. Yeah, they figured it out. They're not looking for other people. Yeah. To, to do it, you know that sort of thing. Anyway, um, back to shagability. Shagability. So, but I'm going to look at the animal stuff here, not yeah. the human stuff. So this is okay because I think self care is much more about looking after the animals. So I'm going to look at the basically the animal drives and all that and being desirable for that. Um. And what's really annoying is after I wrote this bit, I was like, oh, my God, this is all male advice. And it was no female advice. Yeah, but that wasn't done on purpose. It's yeah, just yeah. I can't speak from a female perspective. Of course. Um, I'm just speaking from a male perspective. So it's just like you were saying that time about writers. Yeah. Like writers will write from their own experience because mm. that's all they have. So yeah. it's not like they're purposely ignoring of course not, a no. group it's just they don't know their experience so they can't write from it and it's a dangerous place to go if you start to preach to to women yeah. in, in, about certain things yeah um i preach it a lot to, yeah. to everyone uh but you but you know what i mean it's just like there, there has to be You're a man of the cloth <laughs> that oh god that's not a good place that's not a good person to be <laughs> um so even though this is more male-based the technique still stands you're trying to figure out how do i make the animal feel good, mm. like in a healthy way, obviously, because yeah. there's loads of bad ways to do it. Um, so in terms of being desired or desirable to other people's animal, um, you've just got to get in the gym, as we've talked about. Um, increased vitality, physical strength, better posture, more mm. confidence, those sorts of things. All that from the animal, all yeah. that feeling good about yourself. It isn't the human that's going to do it. You're not going to think yourself into it. It doesn't work, you know, and it's like, oh, just visualize this. Mm. Just say, I am confident. I am confident. It's like, there's got to be some substance to it. Yeah. You've got to get better at something. Um, and I know a great place yeah. to do all this. It's, um, will we mention it? Yeah, mention it. <laughs> um, just go to Views and you can meet us as well. Meet us, yeah. How great is that? That would be, I think, to be Get to murder that. you on the mats. That'd I think, be fun. come on. Yeah, uh, you can put me to sleep. Everybody else has. This is great. <laughs> um, give some thought to your appearance. Now, we'll talk don't about your the, issue. We will. Don't look at give me. Give some thought to your appearance. Or at least don't pretend like it doesn't matter at all. Like, mm. we do respond. Our humans might not respond, but our animals definitely respond to how people are dressed and how they're coming yeah. across. So it does matter. And I know it's almost seen as, like, for men, it's silly that it matters. But like, if I tried to dress you a certain way, you'd get pretty annoyed pretty quick. Yeah. It means you do care. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you don't think you care. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like you're, you're attached to looking like you don't care. Yeah. If that makes sense, which you clearly do look like you don't care. Um, <laughs> Good. It's paying off. And this is one of the areas that we all kind of wish didn't matter. Like mm. we really wish it didn't matter. And it, it was just shallow and it's stupid. It's the way people look. It's, it's a silly metric. Mm. But what my point again is the animal is like that. Yeah. It it looks to that thing. So you're not dressing so that person likes you. You're trying to look at what do I want to portray? What am I what message am I sending out? 
and then do that. And it should be congruent with who you are. You're not looking at a mannequin mm. and like picking outfits. What you're trying to do is, oh, I like that bit of clothing. How do I wear that with something else? Like if you, if it's a, ah, look, I won't get into it too much, but um, it, it is important. Yeah. And I think people should look at it. Um, do you want to have a go at my shoes? You mentioned a while. I back. was about to. Oh, are you ready? Um, about your pedo shoes. What? What's? What's so? Um, what's so pedo, pedo about, about them? them? I think everyone knows what a pedo shoe is. It's kind of like um, you know, aviator glasses. Mm. So they're not sunglasses, mm. but they're the aviator style. Yeah. Popular Matt, with pedophiles. Can I tell you about these shoes though? Because I we're talking about the black ones, aren't we? You know the ones I'm talking. They're about. not black though, are they? Or something. They're kind of dark, all right. It's sort of, sort no, of. No, it's not them. those ones. It it's not those. They're the other ones. It's kind of like the the shoes you'd wear if you were gardening. And no, no, they're the other ones. Old. They're the other ones. Okay. So, uh, I cycle a lot, right? It's a practical thing. Yeah, and you know they are waterproof, mm-hmm. and that's obviously important. I don't think they're that nice either. But I got them in the shop, and I don't like being in sh- like shopping for clothes and stuff. Because it's like similar to what you're saying there, it's a waste of my time. <laughs> no, it is though. I don't... Well, what I'm pointing out is I don't think it's a waste. No, but see, I don't look at anyone's shoes or runners ever unless they're like, well, no, you do, obnoxious. yeah, you do. You look I'm at, pointing at your shoes, you now. look at my obnoxious. Like, I walk in, and the first thing you comment you, massively... isn't just the shoes, it's always look at this, fucking look yeah, at but this look at him, though. Look at what he's wearing, but look at him. wearing, yeah, but it's funny because, and it doesn't matter what it's like, it's been trousers, it's been a top, it's been a hat, it's, ah. been shoes. it's always like, look at this. So you like, called my shoes pedo shoes. Yeah, there is that. I'm just trying to get a rise. I there, just yeah. think, I just think that um, you care more than you realize. I, I think, think you look, you look good, and and it annoys me. That's all. I don't know. I think I look a bit of a dickhead. Like, me. I know. I to dress a little bit like a dickhead, but you can. But like, I think it's not. That's not on purpose. I haven't thought I want to look like. That. <laughs> <laughs> but I just work. Then again, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I want some hate. Let's just wear this. You know, like what sets me off, and sometimes you you do it on purpose. Yeah, and Martin Costello does it not on purpose, but he does it. Ah, Costello's grand. He's great, but he had a backward baseball cap on. He knows good t-shirts when he sees. He does know good t-shirts. By the way, t-shirts on sale over Lucky Work Co. Like that. Sometimes I love it. I know I'm doing this a long time, but it's I still surprise myself. It is peanut butter. It is anyway. Um, Yeah. So anyway. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell for yeah. someone who doesn't give a shit about the way they look. But it's just worth considering how you feel in your clothes. Like, do you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it congruent with who you are? But anyway, um, the next drive is security and safety. So this is both physically and psychologically. How mm. can you meet that drive to feel safe? Again, go to the gym. Learn how to fight or at least defend yourself. Situational awareness. Learn conflict resolution. Um, learn how to be assertive. As, as we've talked about earlier, make worst case scenarios and then reduce the fear. All those sorts of things are techniques that you can do so you feel safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for women with that one. Like it's it's obviously much harder because from what I gather, no, um, is that women often feel a lot are scared way more than men realize because men don't, we don't tend to feel scared. It's, it's very, like we remember a moment we felt scared. Mm-hmm. Whereas women, if you ask most women in your life when the last time they were scared, it was probably yesterday or, you know, whatever. It's yeah. just people walking on the other side, like past them on the street or whatever it might be. 
they're much more scared, which is what a lot of men don't realize. <clears throat> and what would help women is situational awareness mm-hmm. and, you know, preempting stuff and having a plan in place, you know, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, and just as a side note, constant low level conflict is detrimental to our long term well being. Mm-hmm. So that's like, toxic work and environments they lead to anxiety depression insomnia burnout and there's no sense of psychological safety so this is what happens when you're not meeting that drive when you've like there's just a a tension in work and all that sort of stuff and you don't feel safe so that's another important thing to look at is do you feel safe and how can you feel more safe and you know calming the animal down again uh drive to compete um you've got to get good at shit like competence it it's a reason to get up is mm-hmm. to just keep getting better. Um, so start a sport. We're obviously fans of martial art um, and person personality diversification. Oh. So this is, um, I can't, I don't, I heard it from Tim Ferriss use that phrase, um, but it's one of those things I think a lot of people do instinctively if they're competitive, mm. because you have a few things to hang your hat off. So you aren't just a hobby. You aren't just money. You aren't just a career. You yeah. aren't just a relationship. You're trying to get good at them all. So say you take a hit in one of them, at least you're good at other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And that that can help you feel like you're being successful because we're exposed to the 1% all the time, mm. everywhere. You, you see these amazing things that people can do and you're like, I can't do anything amazing in anything. Yeah. And it's, it's, you, you almost like, I can't, I can't compete with that. So what's the point? And I think that's where some of the nihilism comes from is not being able to even compete. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that on safety and competition? Yeah. No, the, the, uh, personality diversification is a new uh, phrase for me, but mm. like, uh, I understand that it's like, it's almost like when you're in a conversation with somebody and you've got one thing. Like in common, you know, like yeah. so, so it might be jiu-jitsu or football yeah. and you almost like, you want to like shift it to somewhere else, mm. but you're nervous that you're going to leave the other person behind, Yeah, you know, and that's not being like big header. Oh, I could talk about this and I could talk mm. about that, but like, it's interesting. Like, I know that's more of a, like a career thing as well, mm. but even in, in those moments when you don't really know someone and you're trying to suss people out and you're like, should I mention that he knows stuff about Dostoevsky? Yeah. Or do, will I come across as like a, a dick? dick? Yeah, because there is that tendency. You almost don't want to. Yeah, uh, sometimes. Depending on the group. And you, I, I don't know. I'm not really in those circles where I'd ever want to be the first one to mention. No, um, I I would. <laughs> no, I, I do. You know, it, with what I do, like for, for the podcast, it's, mm. it's, it's one of those things where you have to kind of sometimes switch gear in the conversation. Yeah, and you need a personality to do that. Yeah, To be able to interview people and to have a depth. Oh, thanks. To go to different areas of government. You're not good at it, but, you know. 102 (laughs) episodes of this. Yes, I am. I got it. Um, Personality, yeah, the personality diversification. For me, it's been the family. Like, Mm. it doesn't matter how crap the day has been. There's always that silver lining of a happy marriage and a happy home. Yeah. and that I've I've been blessed with that, very lucky with that. But it also takes a constant and concerted effort. So it's a conflict resolution. Like, yeah, I'm the one who will have the conversation. Like, we'll start the difficult conversations because I, I mean, I think just like the body, everyone wants a body. Yeah. They want the good body, but they've no idea what it takes. And if they really knew the ins and outs of the lifestyle mm. it took. 
they'd be like, oh, maybe yeah. not then. And it's the same relationship. Everyone wants to be happily married. It's like, it's a consistent and constant effort to bring up things that are annoying each mm-hmm. other and to, you know, figure out why you, like maybe one of you is getting annoyed at the other one. And yeah. you kind of figure out, right, something's been, what's been changing, what's been different. Jordans. The Jordans. Just say, um, so yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm rabbiting now, sorry. Um, so that's the drive to compete. You have to get good at shit. Uh, the, the drive for power and influence. Obviously, like you, you can just become a bully. <laughs> just find some victims yeah. and that's easy. Um, but yeah, this is learning how to improve your relationships with people. So learn service leadership. So <clears throat> most people are going to be in a position where they're working with other people. So learn what service leadership style is and get really good at it and learn how to build relationships with people. And you'll realize it takes having a very happy and calm animal mm. to build relationships because whenever you're having a conflict with someone, it takes two of you to to escalate it. Whereas if they're in their animal <clears throat> and their animal says something to you, if your animal's in a good place and you're calm and relaxed and you've looked after yourself, you can absorb it with re- because of the resilience and then respond mm. In a much healthier way, and it builds a relationship. Yeah. It allows them to get it off their chest, and you can absorb it, and then um, resolve whatever the issue is. So again, it, all of this is intertwined. Like the, yeah. the exercise helps with the animal, and the animal helps you get in the gym. All that sort of stuff. It's all linked in. Um, um, yeah, this is. I think. Yeah, I don't know really where to put this one, but you kind of learn to adopt the behaviors, beliefs, and values of people that you tend to respect. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but you have to do it organically because people don't buy bullshit, mm. or at least they don't buy it for long. So you have to look at the people you respect. And we will talk about this in the coming episodes, like yep. about beliefs and values and things. What do they do? What do they believe? What do they value? And then work on figuring out how you can get there. Mm. And this comes back to the 5 a.m. thing. I don't get up at 5 a.m. because it's cool <clears throat> or it makes me seem like I'm really disciplined or whatever. I get up at 5 p.m. because there's no, sorry, a.m. because there's no other time mm. to get up. I won't be able to do anything else. Yeah. And bec- and that's a belief and a value that I have. So it's, it's things like that. Like the people you look up to and admire, why are they doing what they do? What do they believe? And then figure that out. How can yeah. you bridge the gap between what you currently believe and what you want to believe? Um, and then we're coming into simple stuff like territory, like feeling like you're in a physically safe space. So keeping the peace and making friends with your neighbors, simple stuff. Like it's like um, gifts at Christmas, uh, putting their bins out when they're away, small gestures, you know, small little olive branches. Um, and we've talked about this when neighbors kill each other. So yeah. if you think this is silly stuff that doesn't matter, neighbors kill each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you do that as well. Like I've seen, you know, yourself and Marta are like that with your neighbors. Yeah. As well, which is you great. I make the effort with yeah. them because we're all here together and we want to all feel safe. Like we're all a team. So if an outsider comes in or whatever it might be, we know we've got a friend there. We've got a friend there. We've got a little tribe yeah. there. And that adds, again, it makes your animal calmer because where you're living is a calm, friendly place. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel hostile. Um, and like <clears throat> the drive for a tribe. So being desirable to people's humans, mm. this, this is the, I was obviously talking about the animal here, but this is a perfect mixture of building a tribe. You want to appeal to people's humans as well as their animal. Yeah. That's the sweet spot. If you can figure that out, how you can appeal to their humans and animals, 
I mean, that's what popularity is mm. a lot of the time. So you learn how to make romantic relationships work. You learn how to make any relationship work. Um, you ditch or limit exposure to toxic friends. And it's like, it's the ones that like <laughs> piss on your chips yeah. whenever you share a dream or a goal. It's those sorts of friends. Um, and if you aren't sure whether a friend is toxic or not, start to evaluate how you feel after interacting with them. Do you come away feeling bad more often than good? Mm. And that's an indicator that maybe maybe I've grown in a different direction than yep. this person. And it's possibly time to limit exposure. You know, the burn a bridge, but just limit the exposure. I think most people will be able to, you know, relate to that. I think everybody's been in that position where they've had a friend. Have you? Oh, I have for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's like, it was, it was a good way to go now, but it was like, um, nothing that we're doing wrong, but there was just their behaviors with like drugs and stuff. And you just get sucked into it and you're like, oh, I'm mm. sure it might as well do it as well. And it's, yeah, you know, I just decided I'm going to knock all that stuff in the head. So if I do, I'm going to have to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. Cause yeah. I wouldn't be able to be around it, do both. So yeah, I was, yeah, but I think everybody's may have, had you know so to a certain degree may have experienced mm. that you know yeah yeah i think most people have it's kind of what makes um getting off drugs very difficult from what i can gather from mm. you know working with drug addicts is you can take them away <clears throat> take them to rehab and get them away from their friends and family that are that world mm. but as soon as they leave rehab yeah they're back into it because it's the same people so they almost have to just cut away and that makes it exit again very hard to drop it because you're losing all those friends as well um, and you can go and meet people, um, obviously, at seminars and conventions, like your kind of people. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, it's not accessible. So they can't necessarily find their people, especially if you're a bit of an oddball, uh, like like me. <laughs> um, so I think you can cur- curate your online feeds and internet influences. So you can only follow the kind of people you want to think more like. So I, I understand, like, you want to be entertained by social media. But there's also an aspect of, like, these people that I admire and respect – I want to know how they think. I want to know their beliefs and their values. Because if I want their results, I need to make similar decisions. So why are they making those decisions? And it's, you know, listening to podcasts and reading books produced by those people that you admire. Yeah. That's kind of how you can find that tribe of people. Even though you can't meet them physically, mm. you can still get their influence rubbing off on you. Um, and we'll touch on all of these drives um, and how to meet them in more detail over the coming months and like, it's basically what this podcast is, is how to meet these drives. It's yeah. just a summary of what we're going to be doing. Um, but what do you think of that particular technique? Because that's kind of, I've sort of pulled that out my own ass, that one of um, that's a, an example of self-care of taking, yeah. taking whatever your animal needs. Um, and this sort of stuff you can find online of what your animal needs and what the drives of it are. Um, and then how to meet them. Yeah. Have you ever thought like that? Have you ever, like, does it sound bullshit? No, I never, I've never thought like that. Like I've done this, the things, but mm. I've never thought like that. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. happened. So yeah. it's like, you know, listen to the podcast. I certain podcasts that I always listen to because I enjoy them. Like, and then dipping in all other ones, but then like, I like certain writers. So I've read all their stuff and I've liked uh, certain directors and so mm. I've watched mm. all their films. And that's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, find the, the, the way and, and being inspired by them, like creatively, like, listen to the same, you know, bands or, or people like, you know, you can do so much on something like Spotify now, but they'll, you'll be the certain bands you listen to and they'll give you examples of other bands that might be something like it. And that, yeah. like, so that's what I do. Like, you know, so without actually thinking about it, I've, I've, I've cracked it. Just smash them, and um, but I just think it's kind of 
Because another big part of this podcast is to take what people are already doing mm. <clears throat> and get to the real base of the iceberg. Like, why are you doing that? What's the belief? What's the philosophy? What's your approach to yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And then if you can know what your building foundation is, you can build from there. And then it's easy to build your own stories yeah. then because you know what you're trying to do. So if your story is, I'm trying to make a happy animal, I, I just want a calm, happy animal that's at peace. If that's your drive, you can build a story from there. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what's the next step? How do I do that? These sorts of things. Mm. And you you do it and you take it seriously. And then your animal's at peace. And it just, this is how you get comfortable in your own skin yeah. anyway, and, and build that resilience. Um, so in conclusion, I know you're all desperate because this is. No, we haven't got that. Very... <clears throat> what are we on? I'd say an hour 20. Ah, that's not bad. Roughly. Um, I've been a bit low energy. I must admit, my bad. What's new? Um, <laughs> get my animals too relaxed. Um, conclusion. So yeah, uh, resilience is vital uh, for living a good life, and the best way to build your resilience is to nurture your animal. Mm. A neglected animal reacts irrationally and in its own self-interest, making you a shitty person. And for me, a shitty parent. Like I do get annoyed. I don't mind if you want to be a shitty person yourself yeah. and you just keep yourself to yourself. Of course. That's, it is what it is, you know? But if you're in a relationship, you, you don't be a shitty person because mm. that person now has to pull up with you. Yeah. And if you're a parent, like I, I very little patience mm. for people who don't want to do this kind of work yeah. because they don't think it's important. They just think it's all about the surface level stuff, make enough money, feed mm. them. You know, do night, you know, go on holiday with them, things like that. It's like, it's so much more than that. Like yeah. if you're not making sure your animal is in a good place, you're going to act out and your animal is going to harm the kids Yeah, because the kids don't understand. But anyway, <clears throat> I'll probably sure I'll have a little rant about that in the future. Um, but ultimately resilience allows you to act more like the person you actually want to be. Mm. Um, which. I say that like it's just quite flippant, but like that's how you do it. This is the how yeah. of how you start to behave. Your changes, you look after your animal, and then you find that you can just say, "I want to go the exercise. I want to go exercise," yeah. and the animal just goes, "Cool, all right." You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, no, just sound, it all sounds stupid, like no, it really does. But it, it look, there's only so many ways you can say it. Mm. Like the action has to be put in to it, you know, until yeah. you can realize what you actually mean. If you're not doing it, I mean, obviously if you're doing it, you'll understand. But it's very hard to say it in a real, like deep and, and a new way. way. Yeah, a new way. way as well. Yeah, I know. But it was like we were saying, um, I don't know what episode it was, but it was, <clears throat> you're trying to, I don't fuck it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of was it. A bit of a dance. Yeah, there, it's it? just kind of. Sorry. It's you know, it's just like. Ah, look. Training took it over. So. It did. We'll yeah. go over it another day. Um. So action steps. Um. This this helped me to note down your burnout red flags. Mm -hmm. Um. So you can kind of see them coming a lot sooner. Um. So I'll make a list of. Because I'm obviously in denial a lot of the time about my burnout red flags. So I kind of I need things that are. Like a, a list that I can read and go check, check, check. Okay, I'm burnt out. Let's. Um, it's time to do something. Um, journal prompts as well. Like I know people say, like you should journal a lot, and people kind of know you should journal. Yeah. But you kind of need to know what to journal about because it is a skill that you learn. 
like you have to go to a cafe and start writing stuff and, and find out what's going on in your head. Because a lot of it, we just act, we just sort of act on impulse and we don't know why we're doing it. So you're looking for ways like how do you currently nurture your animal? Um, what are you doing to meet its drives and where can you start to improve? Mm-hmm. Um, and just write, just yeah. see what comes out, like just start getting more conscious. Um, and as I say, next few episodes, we'll look at values and beliefs. Yeah, um, we can, we need to do one that's a bit more. Remember, we were talking about doing one that mm. was a bit, you know, a bit of fun or something just to break them up. Only if you yeah. want to. Or did you want to do all this first and then do that? Yeah, because I think the, it's kind of, I want to get this base of the animal and the human. I want to get it out the way almost oh, yeah, like okay. where it's a foundation that you're building from because I'll pretty much refer to everything else through yeah, yeah. this model. Okay. And the beliefs and values part is it's a it's a thick part of it because it's it's the reason we do everything it's the reason we make every decision comes down to what we believe and our values and more importantly the order of those Mm -hmm. values so in a given situation which value takes precedent over another value um and yeah i just think that's too important i could be wrong so that's a no It's another 10 episodes. No, um, no, that's fair. It's just, yeah, a couple, yeah. I know, and I know like it, it, it this is kind of dry material. Mm. Um, and so it isn't going to be particularly popular, particularly popular, but it, I think it's important stuff. Like there are people who can deliver it better than me in a less dry format, but I just think the more voices that are saying these sorts of things, mm-hmm. like, you know, people who just hate people full stop yeah. and they're just spewing hate. I'd rather just not be spewing hate. Yeah. Like I know it's not going to be, a, this isn't particularly popular stuff because it is quite dry. It is kind of got a lectury style to it, but people who are interested in philosophy and psychology, these are kind of new perspectives. Mm. They're ways of seeing it differently. And if you've got that foundation, this sort of foundation and understanding it, you can slowly start to incorporate it into your life. Like, you, it's also part of having a good bullshit detector. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to know what your beliefs are, first of all, then why you have those beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then do you still want those beliefs or do you want to change them? Same with values. Like what is more important? Like you values are almost like decisions that you've already made. Mm. So it's an algorithm to, in this situation, these are my values. So I'm, my decision is going to be based on those values and it just makes life smoother. Yeah. And as I say, the whole podcast is about how to live a good life. So being aware of your values and beliefs, you can start to build your own life. So that's, yeah. it, it is dry and we will do more fun. No, of course. Yeah. You're here for the fun. I'm here to bring the fun and the funk. Yeah, that's that's grand. Yeah. So supposed to be. What was your idea of more fun? No, I just thought we like, would do one about stupid quotes that we just take the piss oh, out yeah. of. And, and there'll be a lot of different stuff that I have, but it'll take some of the workload off you as well like mm. that it wouldn't be just you that's writing all the mm. episodes you know what I mean so we could kind of work together on it and it, like I know you do you put a hell of a lot of work into it and it is stressful having to do all that mm. so I think to to do the odd one here and there where we start having a bit of a laugh and a joke and, and kind of co-writing it together yeah. just, you know just I think good. that that's the format it will take Yeah, I think because I, at this stage it's just like for <laughs> bad as it is like it, it, this isn't going to be majorly popular what you just, I'm trying to go through this bit yeah. and trying to get the dry stuff out the way. So <clears throat> maybe later on down the road, you can come back and hear something different. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of shit in these podcasts and it's, 
I hope people will go down the road, have that idea of the animal and the human, and then come back and listen to some of these and yeah. go, oh, I didn't pick that up the first time. Because yeah. that's what I do with the the heavy, oh, yeah, do that too. deep kind of podcasts and the stuff that's really like more like a lecture is I'll go back and go, I didn't hear that the first time. That's cool. I'll, I'll build from that because mm. you're not going to take all this in now, which is why it's boring mm. because there'll be bits you've taken in and then by, you know, an hour in, it's like, oh, I'm bored of this now. So, but, there, the, but so it, there you have it, folks. <laughs> but, but the thing is like, I know this is niche and it's like this, this stuff is really quite niche and the, the way I deliver it is quite niche. Um, and I'm kind of not under any delusions about no, that. But it's, it's but, mad. We're still recording. I've yeah. been talking. To and I, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get across yeah. uh, where the foundational parts and the kind of the heavy stuff. Yeah. And then we will go into the kind of just more of a conversation and more yeah. chatting and all that sort of stuff. Cause like, we're not really bringing anything new to the table there. I'm trying. Well, well given, like... <laughs> maybe that's our USP. It's just a bit shit. Yeah. No, but I think it is new because we're giving our own point of view. It'll mm. always be new if, you know, if the two of us are, like, being honest and genuine about, mm. you know, you <clears throat> excuse me, like, I talk about mental health there earlier on. You can talk about parenting and stuff. Mm. They're your perspective, mm. the, the ideals. And, like, and I forgot to say there was, like, I've been in your presence when you've uh, having uh, Oscar there and mm. Amelia obviously as well but with Oscar like he's obviously verbal so he when he's like gets upset and you will say to him like listen it's alright to be sad yeah you know yeah. and I, like I've heard you say that and I've never heard that before mm. not, not that you know what I mean like not yeah. that way obviously yeah. my mum used to be like that very loving mm. uh, when I was a kid but in that way to just say listen it's, it's grand to be sad like yeah. we're all sad sometimes yeah and it's 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 a it's a different approach. So I think all of this is yeah. And know, that's like that's, point. that's the <clears throat> yeah. It's just uh, it's like oh, and another thing, oh, and another thing. Oh, I oh, just yeah. like want to put more because what that that part is, you're not because they call it like don't deny their feelings or, or you know invalidate them or whatever. Mm. What that really is is don't don't skip step one. Yeah, yeah. You know they they've been triggered, they've been upset, they've been hurt by something. Acknowledge it. Say, yeah, yeah that sucked. That that would crap that. And then move on to step two instead yeah. of trying to go, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Or, you know, stop it. It's not it's not important. It's not this, you know, like, which was kind of the old school parent yeah, thing yeah. of like, just shut up. <laughs> get over it. It's not important. And it's kind of, you're trying to get into their world a bit more and sort of seeing it from their perspective. Um, but yeah, I am. Um, ah, look. No, that's good. I this think is, it's useful stuff. This is a good. I think if, I rate, if I'd rate it out of 10, I'd say a seven. I know. Oh, I'm going for or I was a bit like ah, I'm killing people here, killing no, them, putting them right no. to sleep. Listen, I I um, I'll say my goodbye because you okay. have a So thanks very much for listening, everyone, and uh, yeah, see you next month. Weekly, weekly, yeah, weekly. <laughs> see you over there. Uh, thanks for giving us some of your bandwidth. Um, and remember, kids, no one has a Scooby Doo what's going on or what we're all doing. Uh, so keep your mind open, work hard, and keep getting lucky.